0: hello everyone welcome back to the one talk podcast here with your host ryan mccarthy and today we are joined by brooke McIntosh. brooke is an elite athlete keynote speaker and empowerment coach on today's episode we touch on brooke recently just completed a 1600 kilometer run for mental health and raised over seventy thousand dollars for charity on today's episode we discussed brooke's journey with mental health before deciding to complete this massive run How Brooke prepared mentally and physically for the run. Then we also discussed the 1600 kilometer run, the challenges that came up in that journey, all from food poisoning to running in 35 degree plus heat, which is just incredible. Brooke's story is truly inspiring to hear where she has come from to what she has and still continues to achieve is nothing short of inspirational. So please enjoy today's episode but another news if you could please share this podcast around whether that's on your stories or with a friend or a family member it means so much in terms of helping this podcast grow if you could also leave the podcast a rating it just helps get more awareness out there for the show and we also have the one talk merchandise available as well the link will be in the bio today's episode is sponsored by arlo collaborative gardens where they strive to support individuals in their journey of self and personal development. Now, although they believe that everyone has the potential to achieve their goals and live a truly fulfilling life, Olo are here to guide and empower both men and women on their unique paths towards personal growth. For their coaching and mentoring programs, Olo utilize a variety of effective techniques and methods, such as hypnotherapy, which is a powerful tool for positive, long-lasting change, emotional change technique, also known as ECT, which facilitates emotional healing by combining elements of meditation and traditional psychology. I will continually explore and integrate various techniques and methods to suit the unique needs of each individual client. These include mindfulness practice, cognitive behavioral therapy approaches, and also breath work and more. Our collaborative guidance empowers individuals to tap into their inner resources, gain clarity and develop sustainable strategies to overcome challenges. Whether you are seeking to manage stress, improve relationships, overcome limiting beliefs, or enhance performance in various areas of life, Arlo Collaborative Gardens is here to support you in every step of the way. So please check the link in the bio, check out Arlo Collaborative Gardens, and check out the work they do and get in contact. I can't recommend them enough. But without further ado, let's welcome
1: Brooke. Thank you Thank y'all. The marathon continues. Later. Victory lap tonight, though. Victory lap tonight, tonight. Welcome to the One Talk Podcast with Ryan
0: McCarthy. The marathon continues, that's what you would say. Welcome, Brooke. How are
1: you? Good, thank you. It's awesome to be here.
0: Oh, it's awesome to have you on. I first found you on Instagram, I think it was maybe day 15, somewhere along the middle of your journey. And it just popped up on my Instagram, seeing someone running 1,600 kilometers for mental health and i want to put that in perspective for the listeners here that may be listening to this on the global scale so originally you ran from for to perth and in comparison that's madrid to amsterdam in european terms and also the whole of italy is only 1200 kilometers long so you ran more than the whole of italy so <laughs> just as a comparison it just shows like how big of an achievement and how big of a thing you actually did
1: <laughs> that's awesome I didn't even know it was that length to me it's just top to bottom of Australia but that's awesome Italy too
0: <laughs> yeah because Italy's 1200 kilometers and you did 16 so yeah that's unreal
1: that's dope that's dope
0: yeah i like going into yourself and just throwing your journey like running 1600 kilometers especially for a purpose of mental health I'd love to understand a bit of the why behind we get into the run like what's the purpose behind wanting to do something that's so challenging, but also so rewarding.
1: Um. Well, yeah, definitely. Like it was to raise awareness for mental health, right? So I myself have suffered my own mental health journey from when I was a young age, Um, anorexia, depression, eating disorders, um, anxiety, all of that. And then again, when I turned into the FIFO life. But to me, it wasn't until my life flashed before my eyes in August 2022 when I was heading somewhere I shouldn't have been heading. I was putting everyone else before me. Um, And my mental health was at an all-time low in that point of my life. Um, I was contemplating suicide. I was contemplating taking my own life. And when my life flashed before my eye and I got hit by a semi-trailer, it was in that moment when I was lying on the hospital bed that I was just like, holy moly, like, it's not that I don't want to be here. It's just I wanted to be found and lying on that hospital bed i was like well if that's me and this is my second chance at life what can i bring to the table what impact do i actually want to make while i still have time and that's how this whole run come about was the impact that i wanted to create through this run was to ignite the nation to ignite people to speak up about their mental health because it isn't weak to speak and if you just put your hand up a little bit more then the help will come and the help is there um so it was, yeah, my wow. second chance, and this is my second chance at life, so we're doing
0: it. Yeah, that's that's incredible that you survived that. I'm glad you did and was able to end up doing what you did and continue to do as well because it's such an inspiration for so many people. And like, like you said before about speaking up, it's so important because even for myself, the best thing I ever did was just open up and communicate to people because it's rather that they were able to give me advice or strategies or I was able to understand myself more because I was actually getting things out of my head. You feel Absolutely. like you have related with that too.
1: Yeah. And it just makes you realize that you're not alone in your struggles. And if you get to help someone else, how good does it feel when you help someone and then giving someone that permission slip to be able to help you in return? Yeah. It's kind of just like a win-win situation too, but we I mean, didn't normalize these conversations.
0: Yeah. 100% because when you got hit by this semi-truck, like when you, did you end up being in a coma or did you end up passing out? Like what happened in that situation?
1: Yeah, so I was driving along the highway, I was going 100 k's an hour and I went to, I missed the turn, so I went to go correct myself, Looked to my left and then I forgot to look back to the right and I smashed into a concrete bollard. So I was spinning around and then the truck come out of nowhere and hit me at 100 k's an hour as well. So it was just like a double hit. Mm. Um, and thankfully, I just had some guardian angels watching over me that day, someone, um, and I literally just rolled, hopped out of the car like nothing had happened. I ran over to the truck driver to make sure he was okay. I ran over to the other cars that stopped to make sure everyone else was okay. And, yeah, like physically I was all good. I went away to the hospital in an ambulance just to get checked over and okay. And then two hours later I walked out and I had like a tiny scar on my arm. No one else was injured. So for me that was just like a massive sign of wake up do something create that impact and to have no one injured in that car accident like I just thank my lucky stars every day that I'm still here and that everyone else is still here as well
0: yeah well godly an angel for sure yeah yeah when you're in the hospital did you like when the shock wore off and you said that you knew you had to fulfill this purpose was it like a deep knowing straight away like you just felt it within you
1: absolutely and it's something that I feel like I've felt inside of me for so long. And like I said, um, in that moment, it hit me. It wasn't that I didn't want to leave this earth because it wasn't that I wanted to leave the earth. And when I was contemplating taking my own life, there was always something inside of me that just said, no, just hold on just one more, just one more day. And the fact that I didn't and that that car accident did happen, it kind of just reinstilled the fact that it wasn't that i wanted to be gone i just wanted to be found mm. and it was lying on the hospital bed that i was like you know what you want to do you know what impact you want to make so go out and do it but before i just never had the confidence i never had the resilience to speak up to seek the support to be like i want to do big stuff i want to raise awareness of mental health because i didn't have confidence within myself to go after all my dreams in life
0: yeah um, well want- One important thing you touched on there that I think the listeners could take away from is how you said one more day, showing up for one more day. Because I relate with that heaps. Like when I was going through my struggles, when I overcame addiction, the one thing I told myself every day is just make it till tomorrow, make it till tomorrow. And I think by having that mindset, it gives you more hope and it gives you more feeling that you have opportunities arising because you know that the next day is coming.
1: Absolutely. And realizing that it may just be a bad day. It's not a bad life. If you take all your amazing moments out there, combine them with your bad days, I'm sure they're going to outweigh it. And if you just hold on for just one more day, a brighter day will come. And that's the mantra that got me through the run as well is I never looked at the 1600 Ks as that. I looked at it as in just one more day, just one more step, just one more breath and anything else is possible.
0: Mm. And especially because you said that you worked in the minds as well. And probably about a year ago, I had the guy on the podcast as well who worked in the minds and ended up creating a clove and brand for mental health to try and push more awareness because of the things that he saw within the minds of people struggling with mental health. And to see someone like yourself and to see someone like Kim who is on as well to push the message to the people in there, because there's a lot of isolation going into the minds. There's a lot of um, like substance abuse or disassociation or a lot of loneliness as well that can feed into mental health. So to see someone like yourself get after you and be that inspiration for people that because you was in the same situation as the people that are in it now, it's inspiring for them to see you do what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my time on the mines, I would wake up every morning and be like, "What intention? What purpose can I bring to this job?" Like I was a trade assistant, I was a truck driver working in the workshops and amongst all the guys. So every single day I'd wake up and set the intention to hold at least one conversation with a guy on site or with a female on site, whoever it was, around their mental health and actually generally sit with them and ask them, how are they doing? How is your family doing? Just to make them feel seen and heard because it is so isolating up there. And when the incident evolved with the truck, I was like, I'm just talking to one person a day. How can I make this bigger? How can I have that bigger impact on everyone? So... I was like, let's go. <laughs>
0: let's go, Tom.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I like, oh, keep going. And I can definitely say hand on heart, it's achieved that. Like I got all the workers talking. I got a lot of people talking and following along on social media, sparking conversations in the generation that I didn't even think that it would hit as in like 70, 80-year-olds, and then also seven and eight years old were following along the journey too. Yeah, such a broad demographic. Yeah, for sure.
0: When you had like that deep knowing in the hospital, like what were some of the first steps you started to take to start aligning yourself towards that purpose or towards that mission?
1: Yeah, so I knew that that's what I wanted to do, and then I went back to site probably about a month later um, and I was just lying in my camp bed on site and I was just like, girl, come on. It was like three o'clock in the morning, hadn't slept all night because I was just like just building up the courage to send a text message to a friend. And then I did, and I sent a text message to my brother, and I also sent a text message to a really close friend and said, Hey, I've got this goal. I need some help. I need some support. Now my brother didn't believe in me at first. He's shown a little bit of support, but not too much. But because I reached out to another friend who was who is a physio, a really well-known physio, he helped me through. He called me up the next day and said, cool, what are we doing? And I told him and he was just like, well, you're batshit crazy, but if anyone can do it, you can do it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, the ball was just starting to roll and it was like because I had another outside person who believed in me and the accountability there, I was just like, "All right, let's go. Running coach, strength coach, nine months to train. Head down, bar up. We can do it."
0: Yeah, it's so good so, when you have people in your corner like that. Hey, like just that in those moments of life where you can feed off their energy to fill yourself up. in times when you may have dealt within yourself.
1: Yeah, and it's just knowing that like you may have this dream, but if you share it with one other person. All it takes is one other person to have like a little bit of belief in you. And then you may just show up even more every single day and be like, okay, well, I believe in me, but someone else does. So let's just keep going and see how far we can take this.
0: Yeah. And then when you put it out to the universe like that, it starts to feel real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) You're holding like like, am I actually doing this? And it's like, yeah, you're actually doing it. Like halfway through the run, I was just like, still am I actually doing this? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I try to have realizations halfway through it.
1: Yeah. And I guess I want to touch on that part as well is that a lot of the time people try to put it out there, right? And if I had have just put this dream, this vision of mine out to my family, it wouldn't have been achieved because they didn't have the belief in me. And I don't hold any judgment or grudges against that, but that's their limitations, And the only limitations we have in life are the ones that we place on ourselves. So the fact that I put my hand up a little bit higher and seek support outside of my usual friend group, my usual family, my usual group, that is a fact that it happened because someone else knows that there is no limits in life. He's got no limits. He's not going to place limitations on me, so therefore anything's possible as well. And I think that's a big thing that I see a lot in society nowadays is they may share their dreams with one person, and then it just gets shut down so they never do anything else with it. And yeah. it's like if you stop there, you're just limiting yourself because of their expe- their limitations on themselves. So I always say now nah, just be careful who you share your dreams with.
0: Yeah, be careful who you actually listen to when you do share them too because like I've worked with um, teenagers and young adults the last couple of years in mental health and as a case manager. And one thing that's very relevant in that line of work is that they've heard someone else's projections of their own insecurities pushed onto them and they actually believe that within themselves. Like that's who they are, that's their limitations or they can't reach and achieve that. That's when you start getting around more open-minded people that believe in you and can actually push you and get you to those next stages of life. Like you said, that's when you can actually start putting the action plans and achieving those things. But it's not listening to the initial person that put you down. It's just keep putting yourself out there until you find the right people.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And just keep going after it.
0: Yeah. And like when you was 1600, was that the first number that came to your head when you wanted to do this run or were you battling between different numbers or different distances?
1: Yeah, that was the first number. So I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, well, I may as well go from top of WA to bottom of WA. Like I'm not going to do 500, I'm not going to do 600. I'll just go the whole whammy 16. Yeah, <laughs> may as well do it. <laughs> like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big and I'm going to do it, <laughs> it rough. <throughout. laughs> yeah.
0: And at, yeah. that, at that point, what was your furthest run At that point when you made that decision?
1: What was my furthest run?
0: Yeah, at that stage when you made the decision to run 1,600 kilometers.
1: Um, 10 Ks, and that was (laughs) like five years ago.
0: I love that. (laughs) That's so good.
1: Yeah, so I went from running, yeah, 10 Ks, which was just like a massive stretch for me then to being like, all right, training begins, nine months, let's go. (laughs)
0: hmm and like did you feel like you're the person already who was about to go and comp- complete that or did you feel like along the way you started to find the person there's actually the journey to get there getting to day one you became the person that had the belief to do it if like the belief was at day one or was that day one of the race or the run
1: uh, uh the belief was at day one when i set the intention yeah i'm the kind of person that if I set the intention and it's true to me, I'll do it no, no matter what it is. And this is a massive part post-run that actually re- really reinstilled the fact. And it, re-inst- and it also showed me why my brother actually didn't believe in me at the start of the run. And it was because he didn't have the belief there because I never had actually accomplished something. I never stayed true to who I was. I always dabbled and I always dabbled in, in these things like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I was doing those things to seek validation from the outside. I was doing them, those things to seek love from and acceptance from other people. But with this run, I knew that I have gotten to a stage in life where I wholeheartedly love myself. I wholeheartedly accept myself and I didn't need any validation from anyone else. And that this run was all about raising awareness for mental health. And it was because it's my dream in life. It's no one else's dream. And it's my purpose in life. I'm not trying to compete with anyone else. I'm not trying to seek that validation or the love from the outside. Like this is my true purpose. And it was coming from my heart. And that's what kept me going every single day. And there was no days that I ever had doubt in my mind because I know that I was a person who was meant to complete it.
0: Epic. Because like when we try and find validation from other people, we don't find the fulfillment that we're truly looking for.
1: Nah, and you're so easy to give up because it's just like, well, what's the point? Oh, adversity strikes. I got an injury. Oh, I got food poisoning. Um, The weather was crap. Whatever it is, you find any excuse under the sun to back out. And that's what my brother said to me after the run was, I knew you were going to do the training, but I thought you would come up alongside an injury or any kind of adversity, and then you would fold And you use that adversity as your hardship in life, as your reason why you never accomplished the run. Mm. And it kind of just landed massively with me as to where I've used excuses to not accomplish something before. But the reason I accomplished it is because it's my dream. It's no one else's.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, like, did you say you had nine months to prepare for this run? Yeah. Yeah, so within that nine months, like, what was your training preparation? What did day-to-day look like for you?
1: um so quickly talking about beliefs as well nine months I had my running coach doubting me and I had to pull her up and be like actually you're either in or you're out because it's happening regardless yeah so and to have to pull someone up who's like supposed to be supporting us along the way as well she was like oh this girl means business and I'm like yeah we're going we're doing it yes the nine months looked like um yeah You can imagine early morning wake-ups hitting the pavement. It was like 40 hours a week. I had to build up to 190K run weeks, and then that was thrown in with three strength sessions, four recovery sessions, multiple chiro appointments, and so much consumption of food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i
1: was just eating and eating and eating (laughs) so i was
0: gonna say with that much running and cardio i can just imagine like how many calories you're burning like from a physical sense but a mental sense as well and combine those two together like you'd be burning so many calories
1: yeah, so normal, a lot of normal runners, they use gels while they're running or they use, like, liquid carbs and stuff. I was having to train my body to eat while I was running. So my go-to snack on the run now is a bacon and egg muffin from McDonald's. Yes. So if I'm going for a long run, I'm stopping off at McDonald's on the way, stocking up the food, and then keep going. Like, you'll never see me eat gels or drink carbohydrate drinks while running because it just really upsets my stomach, so... Yeah, it was like actually eating pasta and sandwiches and bagels while I was running too. A
0: lot of carbs—that's good.
1: (laughs) A lot of carbs, just to keep up with the energy consumption, because I was on the run. I was burning like seven thousand calories a day. Yeah, well. So it was just eat, run, eat, run, sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And was your liquids only water as well for the preparation?
1: Yeah. So, because I trained my body with just water, a little bit of Powerade here and there, oh, and good old chalky milk too. Chalky milk is a runner's favorite, I feel. Yeah. It's a little bit of salt to enhance the flavors a bit more. It goes down a treat. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much just water and a little bit of Powerade, but mainly just food, food sources while I was running. Yeah.
0: That's epic. Talking about chalky milk quickly on Sunday, because I've been on like a calorie deficit and um, I'm in like a weight cut phase. I had a chalky milk on Sunday for the first time in six months. And it was literally just like heaven on my lips. I was like, I need this more. It's way too good. Sweet. Yeah, one hundred percent. So good. So on the on the path to getting to day one of this race, like, what's it looking like? Getting sponsors, getting people on board, getting people around you. Like, what does that look like?
1: Well, because it's never really been done before and I've never seen it being done before. A lot of other people have never really seen it being done before. And there was not a lot of belief there in the beginning. It was super, super hard. So I'm super grateful that I had my four major sponsors come on board and they donated the car, the caravan fuel vouchers, which was just like a massive help. Um, And then I had web drill donate $10,000 as well. But apart from that, like, it was super hard because they everyone just looked at me and they were just like, Yeah, she's a chick. She's gonna try attempt it. And there wasn't much belief there.
0: Do you think that fueled you as well though? Like if people doubted you, did that fuel you at all or did it put you down?
1: It didn't, it definitely didn't put me down, but it was just like, Oh yeah, whatever. See who comes after the run, see who comes during the run and actually realizes shit, this girl's legit. Hmm. And it it's- took me um like my brother, I still didn't believe when I was like 500 Ks down. He thought I was going to pull out. My dad, it took me to run a thousand Ks for my dad to actually believe in me and be like, oh my God, my baby girl's going to finish this. What is happening? Yeah, well. <laughs> but like when I say the family wasn't there throughout the um, training phase, like, yeah, they were there the best that they could, but the support wasn't there. So, I just had to reach out to the people who actually did believe in me and the very few of those people, yeah, they were there for me every step of the way. But apart from that and gathering it, it was super hard. And then on the run itself, the support that came out from there, that was insane.
0: That's why it's so important to have such self-belief in yourself that you know you're going to execute any goals that you have. And you Absolutely,
1: you- yeah. And you're the first person that you're going to um, quit on in life and it's like, if you're going to quit on yourself, how can anyone else take you seriously? Yeah.
0: That's it, You got to prove it to yourself, hey?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely think if you're out there to prove it to the outside world, if you're out there to seek validation, it's one, it's not going to feel as great. Two, you're going to struggle a hell of a lot harder. And you're also going to question your own ability too.
0: Yeah, it's so true because like you probably know as being a coach as well, but in in all of the work, like when you motivate people, you end up finding it within them or how, why they want to do it for themselves and you find those triggers within them. And that's what really inspires the change and inspires the action and inspires the belief It all has to come within your own self.
1: Absolutely. Change is from within and then it just ripples out for sure.
0: Yeah. Moving on to day one. What was the morning like? Could you walk me through like the wake up and what day one looked like? Because I saw it was 37 degrees, which is hectic for a first day run.
1: <laughs> Let me just say I cooked day one. I absolutely cooked it. I blew it. All my training, everything that I knew that I trained my body for just went out the window. Mm. And day one was the worst possible day. Yeah. yeah. Like the adrenaline, the excitement towards the run, it was all there. Um I did a talk. I had a lot of people run with me for the start of the run as well. And just all the hype and the adrenaline, it just made me forget about everything that I was doing in training, right? So, yeah, we get out there. We started the run officially at about 8.30, which is a late start, especially when that day was like 39 degrees. And my nutrition just suffered. So I'm all about laying the foundations right. And that day I just cooked the foundations. I went straight to the Freddo Frogs. I went straight to the Sugars. And the lollies, I like 10Ks in instead of laying the foundations with a solid meal with my bacon and eggs or my bagels, I just went straight for the sugars. And, yeah, because it was so hot as well, it was just a torture day (laughs)
0: yeah especially for the first one because 39 degrees is bloody stinking hot
1: (laughs) absolutely and because I had people running with me as well and then they only ran as far as they could which is amazing and then they would drop off and then I'll just be like oh my god I've still got 40 k's to go I still got 30 k's to go and then battling the heat and the heat off the ground as well Um, would just be like radiating up. And I just got so sunburnt that day as well. So the days afterwards, it was just like slip, slop, slap, T-shirts on, like just doing whatever it took. And I knew it was going to get ugly. Like my running coach was saying to me, like, it's going to get ugly out there. You're just going to do whatever it takes to get by. And I knew that, but I didn't know it was going to get that ugly on day one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you have like thoughts coming up? Like I've got another 30 days of this. And if you did, how did you overcome them? Or were those four more motivating? you fine.
1: I was just laughing. Yeah. I was just laughing. I was like, what am I even doing? Like, this is crazy, but whatever. Just have fun. You got to do it. You're going to finish it anyway. Just keep going. Just one more is exactly yeah. what I just kept saying. I was like, just one more. So one more yeah. day. <laughs> one more day. Yeah. I was like, you know what? My biggest thing in life is I'm not going to trade. I'm not like taking advice from people who I wouldn't trade places with. I'm not really going to do that. So I'm like, I'm out here. I'm a chick just giving it a red hot crack out here. If people want to judge it, they can judge it, whatever. But I'm going to do whatever it takes to get over this finish line. And that's exactly what I just had to do from day one. It was just like, it just got ugly real fast. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Straight into it.
1: (laughs) Straight into it. I was like, no filter, let's show up.
0: (laughs) In the deep end, you find out that you'll swim.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Did Were you playing any like mind games with yourself? Because I know when I go for runs, what I do in my own mind is the next light pole, the next lamppost, the next lamppost, the next lamppost. Obviously going from craft to the purse, there's probably not many lampposts on that road. Like, like the
1: next the- shrub, the next shrub. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I actually didn't run with any headphones and stuff as well for the whole run. So that was just yep. another mental challenge. But for me, I was like, oh, what's I was seeking curiosity. I was like, oh, what's coming up for me? Like what's this mean? Like, where's hurting in my body? Like, what's it trying to tell me and stuff? But like a little fun game that I kept playing as well was like I would just give out as many waves as I could. And I was just trying to bring back the Aussie wave while I was out there because it was pretty isolating. It was pretty lonely as well. So mm-hmm. One day, I literally gave out like over five hundred waves, and I only got back like two hundred waves that I counted. But every time I'd give a wave, I'd either give like a small wave, or I would just be an idiot and just give the massivest wave ever. And I, would, yeah, double-handed, go all everywhere. <laughs> and that's kind of just like how I brought a little bit more enjoyment into the run too. Yeah,
0: especially like going with our headphones, without music, without podcasts, or things like that was. Was it challenging to be within your own mind for so long because especially if you're doing something that is so challenging as well, because a lot of the time when people go through challenges in life, they seek distractions. What was coming up for you and what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely so easy just to seek distractions and like put in the headphones so you can just bash along to some music, a new podcast or something. But out there, I, I loved it. I honestly loved it because every time, a mental breakdown happens, you're always going to have a breakthrough. And that's what I was seeking. I was just like, well, on the other side of this run today, I'm going to be a complete different person. And something new is going to come out for me as well. And to be honest, like having that truck accident in August, 2022, that was my big, another big fear in my life was trucks. And by day three, because I had no escape, I couldn't escape the trucks out there. I was making friends with all the truck truckies and I had combated that fear So that's kind of what I was chasing out there as well. And honestly, it really did end up becoming super blissful. Yeah. It was like I just got into a trance state and a meditative state. So what was coming up for me was old stories from the past that I would hold on to, as in like, can I actually do this? I'm not an athlete. I'm just your average Joe Blow wanting to give it a crack. So for me, it was just about like, working through those beliefs and working through those past like childhood traumas and stuff. And yeah, it was super hard to do and it's super easy to distract yourself from that. But that was another part of this run that I was seeking. I was seeking the growth for me mentally out of it too.
0: That shows the power when we don't distract ourselves and we actually sit with the thoughts that come up, especially the uncomfortable ones for like X amount of time as well. You know, that's why I like to practice solitude, those practice being in silence, because I really want to connect with those thoughts that come up to make sure that I am facing them head on and I am understanding them and I am being curious and asking myself questions just to see where they even stem from in the first place. And I can imagine that had a massive impact on your life by the end of it.
1: Absolutely. And we're so quick to seek from the outside world. And we're so quick to learn from the outside world as well, which is so great. We want to c- continue our growth. We want to continue educating ourselves and everything. But if you actually just allow yourself to sit in solitude, so many answers are within us. And the answers that are within us are for us as well. And they'll just make so much more sense to our current situation, to where we want to go. And instead of seeking it all from the outside because the outside's noisy it's like sometimes if you just learn to connect back to yourself it becomes so much more easier and you become so much more blissful and joyful and like just one in life
0: mm. the more curiosity you have within your own mind the more answers you get for unanswered emotions and thoughts
1: 100 mm,
0: yeah because if we start looking more within we actually get the answers we're truly looking for it may not come straight away. It may take a couple of hours, a couple of days, a couple of weeks. But if you really do sit in solitude or you go for a run with our headphones and you really be with your thoughts, you would be surprised with what actually comes up and what you actually face and overcome.
1: And then they land a hell of a lot more true as well. Instead of someone else trying to tell you it, you're like, oh, I knew that all along. So yeah, you when I brush it off. Yeah. And when I say for me, like I knew I wanted to do something big like this all along. 13 year old knew me knew that I wanted to do something like this but because I was seeking everything from the outside I was just like putting everything over my truest authentic self and just it's like this whole journey has been all about dusting off the cobwebs to become the person that I knew wholeheartedly inside was in there but it was just like peeling back all the layers of what I thought or who I thought I had to be.
0: On the run did you reflect back on your 13 year old self and have conversations with her
1: absolutely yeah and every day it was like I was visualizing myself holding like picking her up and just holding her giving her the love the attention that she deeply desired back then that she never received so there was a lot of reparenting and even to this day I still reparent myself every day
0: yeah it's important because then you realize you're you're the other person that you needed back then
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's a big thing is that like why we can never go back and change the past. We don't have to hold resentment or anger towards it either because we can't change it. It is what it is. And our our parents and everyone around us is always just doing the best that they know. But now we know better, we get to do better as well. So now I get to show her the love that she actually wanted. I get to be the person that she needed in her life too. Mm,
0: That's such an impactful statement there you know like everyone is just doing the best they can with the information they had at the time Mm. and once you understand that you're really able to accept and let go of a lot of resentment or hate that you have to anyone or anything in the past
1: your relationships change and what do they say if you want to change someone else change yourself first Mm. and you see all the changes and yeah like with the run that's just what it has happened was it has done to me and it has changed my relationship with my brother. It has changed my relationship with my father. And without the run, it wouldn't be there.
0: Mm. Yeah. And should also show that gratitude as well to yourself for doing the work, which then built all these foundations around you from that.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And the foundations are so important.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like going back to the run, I heard, you say or read on Instagram that you got food poisoning along the way and a lot of people would want to tap out at that point. Like what day of the run did you get food poisoning and how did you overcome that obstacle?
1: I think what day of the run, I think that was like day 22. So it was like the back end of the run and I literally only had like a week to go. It was in Geraldton. So yeah, there would have only been like four or five days to go. And um, it, was, it was the funniest thing. So my best friend's uncle, he stopped, he could see that I was struggling and he stopped and was like, girl, you're doing amazing. We had a quick chat and he's like, I really want to help. Like, have you got dinner sorted tonight? And I was like, nah, don't. Like I was in a state, there were some days where I couldn't even string a sentence together. I was just mentally just gone. Like I was just caught and it was this day. And then he's like, what do you want for dinner? I'll organize dinner. I was like, honestly, I have no idea just get me anything. So he literally got me like $200 worth of Thai and me being me after you just ran 60 Ks, you're going to eat whatever you're going to get. And I was starving this day. So I had like two massive loads of Thai and me in training phase, I would never eat Thai because I know how much it upsets my stomach or the MSG or the additives and everything. So yeah. Anyway, that night I had a massive ball of Thai. The next day I remember just waking up and just going to the toilet and I'm like, Rowan, today's going to be a big day. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? And because he didn't have any tie I was the only one who ate it. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, I've been up all night. i have just crook as. And he's like, are you going to do it? I was like, absolutely. I'm still going out to run. So it literally took me 14 hours to run 40Ks. Yeah. It took me like five hours to run 16 k's and then my best friend come up and out of the blue I didn't know she was coming I didn't even know that she was going to cross me but she come up and she could see me struggling and I'm just sitting with my hands my head in my hands um on the car and I'm just like Taylor I don't know like I got to keep going but I don't know how I'm going to keep going as soon as she put her hand on my back I just power chucked everywhere (laughs) (laughs) oh and she's like all right I'll walk a few k's with you so that day like it was just it was such an adventure but yeah it was crazy
0: at least now you've got an awesome story to tell a part of it
1: (laughs) I do and she was like holding my hair back while I was vomiting everywhere and she's just like wow this is just like the good old days (laughs) yeah
0: because I saw that you're doing the four by four by four the eight by David Goggins so no pad tie for that
1: no, definitely no bad time. I'll be stripped with my food and just be like, this is what it's doing. I <laughs> ain't got nobody got time for that.
0: Yeah. I've got like two more topics around the um, distance run as well. Like the first one is like, what's the recovery look like at the end of each day is a massage guns, magnesium. And like, how are you recovering to make sure you can go again the next day physically?
1: So as soon as the run would finish, I would literally jump in the car and then put my boots on, so the Normatec compression boots, um, and wherever we could, we'd always jump in an ice bath as well. So we are kind of having ice baths like every three or four days depending on the location that we're at purely because it's so, like Western Australia is so vast. The nearest town is like 400 k's away, so we couldn't always stop in and get ice. So NormaTech boots was definitely my saviour out there. And then I was also just literally glad wrapping my knees with Voltaren and elevating them on the caravan yeah. and to bed like that, lots and lots of magnesium. Um, I only had to have Nurofen one night because I was in so much pain, which was pretty good, top effort. And then, Amazing. yeah, that, that was pretty much recovery. Like I was uh, pretty bad out there for my recovery process.
0: but <laughs> <laughs> well, You did it.
1: <laughs> but I did it.
0: Came back in one piece. So that's the main thing.
1: Exactly. And recovery post run has just been gone amazing. Like the body's just held up really, really well. So, so well that I ran a marathon three weeks later.
0: Yeah. well, wow.
1: Yeah. Epic. <laughs> so, it's epic. Mm. So,
0: It's so cool just to hear someone getting after it and just taking the action. Cause so I feel like that's a big missing piece with, um, cause I'm very passionate about mental health. It's a big, it holds a big place in my heart. Then the world, there's so much awareness, but It feels like people get lost between the alignment, between awareness and action. It's really cool to see you still show up and put in the action and be an example of that.
1: Absolutely. And it's like, well, what's the awareness without action, right? Like you said, there's so many people raising awareness or there's so many people talking about it, but I'm all about values and I'm all about embodiment. And it's like, well, how are you embodying that in your every single day life? Or are you just showing up because it's hashtag cool to talk about or it's going to get you a little bit of exposure and stuff. And for me, I embody it every single day with the acts that I do, the values that I live and how I want to be seen, how I want to be seen, but how I show up authentically, authentically as well. Mm. And it's it's a part of my life.
0: Yeah. That's it. It becomes a part of your identity.
1: It is. It's my identity for sure. So. Yeah. yeah it's massive it, mental health will always hold a massive place in my heart and when you've experienced it from when you've experienced it yourself and you've lost friends to suicide it's um yeah it's just really freaking hard hitting knowing that yeah. a lot of other people out there do suffer too
0: yeah 100 and then when I, when you hold that so close to your heart it also is something that inspires you to keep making change and to keep making the impact and I reflect them back on your mind days as well. When you said you woke up in the morning to have the intention to try and change one person's day and make one person smile, like little things like that mean so much into this world.
1: And what I've noticed is that the more that you become yourself, your truest authentic self, the more that you allow yourself the permission to radiate your light, the more hope you give to other people too. Mm. So no, I'm not blessed. I've gone out and I've seeked the support that I'm worthy of and I'm so glad that I did. And now I just want everyone else to do the same because you may not feel worthy right now, but I guarantee you give it six months of seeking the support, your whole life will change and you will realise just how worthy you are. Like I used to be the girl who sat back and like listen to people like this and being like, yeah, but you are worthy, like you are loved. And I never felt that. I thought that I was unloved. I thought that I was unworthy. And then when I actually took action for my own mental health as well, I was like, wow, I actually am. And so is everyone else.
0: Yeah. like It relates to like what you said, like when you start putting the action out there, start putting the voice out there, it's like putting the blueprint out there into the world. And then everything starts building around that because the more action you take, you're only going to end up being surrounded by people on a similar path or even people that you are working towards.
1: Yeah, and a huge part as well is that like when you do surround yourself with better and with different people, it's important, to, it's important to look back on the friendships that you did have. It's important to look back on the people who may not be in your life anymore and send them love and just be grateful for that they were in your life for that period of time, but they don't have to be in your life forever. And it doesn't have to be an ugly ending it doesn't have to be an ugly separation you can let someone go with love for yourself and for them because you want better in life
0: like everyone in our past has served us in a certain way
1: absolutely absolutely
0: and one more topic around your run sleep how many hours of sleep will you get in the night
1: Usually. Oh, I can sleep anywhere.
0: So, <laughs> I
1: was, um, so I was getting anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep a night sometimes. That's
0: really
1: good. But the hardest part was falling asleep because running that distance and then lying down, and this is why I had to wrap my legs in Voltaren and elevate them as well because as soon as you lie down, that's when the pain creeps in. So I would be lying on my back trying to get to sleep. 15 minutes later, my lower back will really start hurting. So I'd roll over to my right side and then 15 minutes later, my hips were really starting to hurt. So it was just the first hour of getting to sleep, that was a lot. Like that took me forever. But once I was asleep, it was like seven to eight hours every night. And even like if I needed to have a rest throughout the day, I would put my Normatec boots on, jump in the car in aircon, um, put on some binaural beats. And then I'll just fall asleep for 15, 20 minutes, have a quick meditation, and then get back out on the run.
0: Yeah, binaural beat, I'm a big advocate.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. And it was interesting because when I first started the run, like, yeah, it was the hottest part. So it was like anywhere from 35 to 41 degree days. So everyone was telling me, wake up, start earlier, wake up at 3 a.m., get on the road by 4, and like just beat the heat pretty much. And I got to day 4. That I did that and I was like, you know what? I just need sleep. Like, I'm starting to become so, like, a lot more in tune with my body and all it needs is sleep. So, that day I said to Ro and I was like, look, I'm sleeping until 7 a.m. and we're going to start the run at eight o'clock. So, we started the run at eight o'clock that day. That night I had like nine hours sleep, so caught up a lot on sleep. And then the next day when I went out for my run, not only did I run in a record time, I ran 10Ks extra. And finish the day from eight to four so i was like sleep is important guys i need yeah. my sleep <laughs>
0: that's good listen to the body sometimes we have to throw the schedule out and truly listen to ourselves to get past that finish line
1: absolutely and i was just like nah, no more waking up at 3 a.m for me i'm waking up at 7 we'll get the road and we'll get it done regardless
0: did you have to like strap up your ankles and your knees did you do any like tape and things like that or
1: No, so I only had to strap strap up my quad for one day because it literally felt like my quad was hanging off the muscle, and it was just causing me so much pain. So we strapped it up. Off I went, and then the strapping come undone. So the next day I was like, "Let's just strap it up again." And I strapped it up real good this time, so good that it stayed on all day. And then I was like, "Well, this is strapped really good. It's feeling really good. I'm going to keep the strapping tape on." So I kept it on for my like while I was sleeping at nighttime. And throughout the night, I just kept waking up because I felt like it was like pulling on my leg hairs or something on the back of my leg. Um, And then the next day I went out for my run, completed the run again. And for the whole run, for the whole, I did 65Ks that day for the whole run. It was just pulling and it was like causing me so much pain. But I was like, nah, you're not taking off your tights. You're not restrapping, You're just going to keep going. And then after that night, um, yeah, that night, I finally took off the strapping tape and I had the biggest cut across the back of my knee because the strapping tape had actually been done so tight that it was cutting into my leg. Yeah. <laughs> like, you idiot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Live and you learn. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. Note to self, if you've got strapping tape on, tape it, take it off every night so it doesn't cut off your circulation.
0: <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about this is like all the challenges that came up, all the lessons that you learned, like, Maybe some of the mistakes you made along the way, like you've gained so much experience and knowledge within a 30 day period that you're going to take on for the rest of your life.
1: Absolutely. And the biggest thing for me is just the resilience in it all to keep getting up after you're down, keep getting up every single day for just one more. And that if you've got a massive goal, if broken, if you break it down into like the smallest bite sized pieces, anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
0: Would you, I really want to hear the inside of your mind on the last day of the run, last hundred kilometers, all right, now I'm at the last 50, all right, now I'm at the last 10, fuck, I've got one kilometer left, like, could you talk to me about the experience of knowing that you're coming close to completing this?
1: Yeah, so the second last day was actually a very emotional one, and it was really emotional because obviously like all the emotions are coming to the surface knowing that this run's almost done. And then that day <laughs> we miscalculated how much distance I had to do. Mm. So I thought that day I only had to do 60Ks. I was like, yeah, she's still on track. She's still on, t- on track. But we actually had to take another turn because I can't go running on the freeway. Yeah. So the fact that we had to take another turn I added an extra 15Ks onto the route so that day instead of doing 60Ks, I actually had to do 70. And yeah, when I had to come to terms with that, that took me forever. And I just got so angry. And I was just like, what even is this? Like, what the hell? I just want to be finished. And um, but it was like on that route. So as we had to take the other turn, on that turn, I ran past this farmhouse and I have never seen something so simple but yet so profound and so beautiful in my life. It was literally just like a horse ring where they train the horses. And I just remember standing there and this new Miley Cyrus song come on called Used to Be Young Mm. and uh, Rowan drives past and he's playing this song really loud and I'm just listening to this song and I'm just like, oh, my God, this song is just like the theme of my life. It was like just all the lyrics about like, who I was, who I was becoming, my party days, my choices I've made in life. I was just standing there reflecting on everything in front of this farmhouse. And to me, that's where I just integrated it all and just like released a whole lot of emotions. And that was on the second last day of the run. I just cried for ages. And then on the last day of the run, it was just like so surreal. It was like an out-of-body experience. There wasn't too many emotions that come up for me. It was more so bliss and like my time that day as well. I was just speeding through the run that Rowan was messaging me and he's like, you got to slow it down.
0: Sprinting. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like, you can't be running that fast. People are getting here at like 2.30. That's the time that you're expected. So you got to slow it down. So the last day was actually really, really enjoyable because I fully slowed it down. I went into Macca's. I sat down there for 45 minutes and had my bacon and egg and a coffee. And then I'm running along the um, beach and he's like, slow it down. There was literally an art exhibition on. So I walked into the art exhibition, walked around there. For a little-
0: <laughs> <laughs> just explored.
1: come <Yeah>. am <laughs> back out and Tourist. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> But it was because it was on my home stretch as well, like my training ground. Um, So I was super familiar with that part. And then just running into the crowd, running into everyone at the end, it was just, it was, yeah, like an out-of-body experience. It was like I was on autopilot just to keep going and just to finish off the mission, the run.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like you had any weight drop off your shoulders? Did you feel like a big relief or was it just complete bliss and happiness and just feeling so proud of yourself?
1: Yeah, it was just so much bliss, so much happiness. I literally felt like I was just, like, running on a cloud. I felt super light. Um, yeah, for sure. And then when I seen, so my nephew was actually meant to be born two weeks before I took off for the run, and I was so excited to be a second auntie, be in the um labour and, like, help my sister through that time. But then my nephew was actually not running late. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Um, my nephew didn't come on time (laughs) so he was born two days two days after I left for the run so as soon as I seen him at the finish line I was just like oh my god like just emotions flooded like so much more so much proudness for myself everything that I had endured had just flooded over me and I just remember turning to my dad and I was like hey dad I ran 1,600 Ks, boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one's doubting you ever again.
1: (laughs) He's looking at me like, oh, no, she did it. (laughs) But it was the coolest feeling, yeah.
0: Reflective back on the run, like what's one of the key things that you think you took away from it?
1: Simplicity. Yeah. Yeah simplicity for life in general and we talked about it before connecting back to yourself knowing that you have all the answers inside like stop searching from the outside just sit in solitude simplify life simplify how we communicate with people simplify our materialistic things like I look back on the run and honestly no matter how hard it was to show up every single day no matter how hard the day actually was or the challenges and adversities that I faced I was actually the I was my most happiest I've ever been out there because life was so simple and my communication was so simple as well. And I'm like, I literally had not much on that run. And I had Rowan there. I literally just had to strip everything back, especially how I communicated. Because if I didn't communicate my actual needs with him without beating around the bush, without sugarcoating anything, it would have just made it a hell of a lot harder. And it's like, why do we have to do that in life? Why do we need all this materialistic thing to make us happy in life? Why are we searching for so much from the outside world when simplicity is where it's at?
0: 100%. Because I feel like we can sometimes a lot overcomplicate things. Like if we feel like we need to get a goal or we feel like we need to get to a certain position in life, being very much overcomplicated to the point where it stops us from even taking the action because it seems too hard.
1: And then you just get stuck in that freeze. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Why are we overthinking this? Why are we overcomplicating this? If I just done that first thing that I thought of, it would have either it would have been done by now and it would have just been a hell of a lot easier as well. Especially how we communicate with people is like what I've come to learn is if I communicate my needs, it's actually doing them a favour because they don't have to guess what's going on inside my head. Like no one's a mind reader. So it's like communicate your needs from a heartfelt space and not like I need this, I need that, I need that. Um, And you actually give them permission to communicate theirs back, but you make your friend's job, you make your family's job, your relationship grow, but you make it a lot easier as well for yourself and for the other person in life.
0: Just about to say that you make life easy for yourself and everyone around you, which is exactly what you want because you want everyone in your own life and especially yourself because everything reflects off each other.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: When you're putting that energy out there, you're only going to receive it.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's like there's so much going on in the world that we don't need extra crap on top of us as well. It's like, yeah, make life easier for yourself. Just simplify everything. So that's a huge piece that I've been incorporating and embodying in my life now from relationships, from um friendships, from like communication, business and every aspect, even like decluttering my house and just chucking out so much old stuff as well that I don't need to hold on to anymore.
0: Yeah. And if you feel like that's gonna translate into this four by four by four the eight coming up? For the people that don't know, it's four miles every four hours for four the eight hours. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah yeah
0: all right cool so is your preparation for that as well as gonna be simplify it go back to what i know is best and just get after it like what's the mindset ready to complete that
1: absolutely so it's it's going to be sick so we've actually hired out an airbnb so we're all going to come together um we've got the game plan of getting get out do, get it done so we're just going to simplify simplify how the team communicates simplify the food that we're um nourishing our bodies with throughout the whole time as well um, and make sure that on the 48 hours that there is no distractions around as well so a lot of the time like you have to run four miles every four hours so that would literally be run four miles come back recover don't jump on your phone for a scroll and get sucked into the hole don't think that you have to do all this added stuff it's like keep your mind on the task at hand which is the run right now and simplify it to limit yourself with those other distractions on the outside. And then yeah, achieve it that way.
0: Connect to the real source.
1: Connect to the real source. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What what do you feel like you'd want to share finishing up here with the audience? Like, do you have any final words that you'd like to share out here into the world?
1: I think it's just that like I'm just a regular chick out here giving life a crack now. And that's my biggest message that I want people to take away from this is I'm just a regular chick giving life a crack. I can, and you can do it all. So I can be the chick who's out there running 1600 Ks to raise awareness for mental health, something so close to my heart. I can be the chick who's having to vomit on the side of the road. I can be the chick who goes like simplicity life but you can also be the chick who wants bigger things in life as well, who gets doled up to the nines, who treats herself, who goes out with friends and family and makes memories that way. Like you don't just have to be one person. And it's just to go after everything that you want in life and that it's never too big and it's never too much for the right people. And that like your only limitations in life are the ones that you place on yourself. If someone's telling you, you can't do something, that's their limitations. That's their projections. That's on them, not on you. It's like, if you believe that you can, you absolutely can. And if you believe that there's like something inside of you waiting to come out, or you believe that there's a happier life on the other side, like just say the mantra, just one more. Whatever it is, if it's just one more day, if it's just one more phone call, if it's just one more therapy session, if it's just one more run or whatever it is in life, like use that mantra and you'll be able to get over to the other side.
0: Amazing. Like you said as well, like just one more. If you look at it in a small scale like that, it may seem like, oh, it doesn't seem like it's doing too much. One more. But if you look at it in a way like, you know, 1% every day is the exact same thing. By the mm-hmm. end of the calendar year, that's three hundred and sixty-five percent improvement. You know, exactly. so even if you feel like the little things you're doing right now are not working, you got to zoom out and look at it from a bigger picture. Because trust me, be on the right path, it's eventually going to get you to the destination you want to be at.
1: Yeah, it's like we can zoom out and look at the bigger picture, but don't get trapped on the bigger picture that you don't take action. Yeah. And it's like. Would you rather the pain of inaction or would you rather the pain of action? To me, I'd rather the pain of action right now because I know that um, consistency and being repetitive, it's going to add up over time. And people forget the repetitive nature. It's in the repetitive repetitiveness that the foundations build so much stronger. And when your foundations are strong in life, like anything's possible. I say you become unfuckable, but anything's possible.
0: You become unfuckable. I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brooke, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. And also thank you so much for showing up every day for yourself, but also for the world as well. And being that inspiration and being that change and inspiring other people to be the change within themselves and their own life. And once again, thanks for coming on and sharing your time with us.
1: No, awesome. Thanks so much for having us on, Ryan. It was a wicked conversation.
0: No worries. Have a good day, guys.